Good day, gentlemen and ladies. While we are still on strategic planning, it is important that we look at the three most essential building blocks of any successful business. These three building blocks, I will take them one after the other. However, I'll just name them so that you can follow uh, properly. Number one is the people. Number two is the product. Number three is the process. And we call them the three R of every successful business. Let me start from the people. The people here refers to the human resource part of any project. It is the part that carries out the activities of any organization. It is the part that uses the process to bring out the product. The Bible said, can two work together except they agree? The effectiveness and efficiency of any process is dependent on the level of alignment or agreement expressed by the people and of course it is it also manifests in the type of product issued or produced by the people working in the organization for any business or organization to thrive the people working there must have some level of strategic alignment now what, what do i mean I mean that they must think the same way, act uniformly, and work together towards achieving a common goal. When they do this, it is called strategic alignment. Everybody in the organization must therefore tailor their thinking and activities towards achieving the company's goal, even though they work in different departments and from different departments. Now you notice that any time they think or act discordantly, the company's goal is derailed. There are different forms of alignment, but for the purpose of this course, I will rather major on three of them. Those three are, number one, strategic alignment with the leadership. Now, since decision-making is most of the time resident with leadership, it is therefore important that everyone, for the benefit of the organization, align with the leadership. That is, everyone from the leadership to the lowest person in the organization must be on the same page of pursuit and program. It is dangerous for a leader to be thinking in one way and the fellowship are thinking in another way or probably the leader working in a particular direction and the leadership are work and the fellowship are working in the opposite direction every leader must get people under him or her to align with both his thinking his activities and his pursuit that is he must get people to follow strictly after him or her now, John Maxwell once said that if one is leading and there is no one following, he is merely taking a walk. Now, no one following in this regard doesn't just mean somebody following you behind. No, it simply means 
no one is thinking the way you are thinking among your followers and no one is pursuing what you are pursuing among your followers it simply means that you are taking a walk you are not leading anyone to lead means people must follow you, follow your direction, follow your instruction, follow your pursuit, follow your program, follow your thinking, follow your activities. Now, if I put it this way, I will say that if you are a leader, you must seek to have under your leadership only those who will follow your instructions and carry out your orders. For your project to succeed if you have those doing differently or doing their own thing you will not succeed if you are a follower it is bad wrong for you to do differently from what your leader is doing if that person is indeed your leader you must faithfully follow your leader in order for the establishment organization to move forward. Number two, strategic alignment with the vision and strategy of the organization. It is also very important for everyone under the establishment to align with the company's vision and strategy. This is why vision cascading or gold cascading, as it is often called, is very crucial, as well as any as well as organizational transformation. Now let me explain. Now, goals cascading relates to the process of communicating and assigning goals downwards through the organizational hierarchy. Now, this means that the goal is understood from the top to the bottom. It starts with the leadership defining strategic performance goals in relation to the company's vision. Now then everyone at every level sets their objective against these goals until the last person. Everyone in that ladder of leadership to the lowest person, having understood the goal, will now set their objectives against the goal. That is, set it towards meeting the goal. That way, every activity of every person from top to bottom is positioned towards realizing the organization's goal and fulfilling its vision. Organizational transformation on its own will involve making everyone think the vision, talk the vision, act the vision until it becomes part of them. Now, what do I mean? Most times you go to companies and see that the vision is uh, displayed where everyone can see it. Anytime there's a meeting, the vision is discussed. Anytime they are talking, vision is the vision is discussed. As they talk about it, think about it, act in line with it, at a point you notice that everyone in that organization is thinking the same way and acting the same way towards the same goal. It will no longer be a situation where nobody uh, understands the goal. Now this is exactly what Haggai was talking about when he did mention something like, you know, write the vision down and make it plain. This is the process of making it so plain that everyone understands it. That's what organizational transformation is. And it is part of 
in the process of making people align with the vision and strategy of the organization. Number three, now alignment with the whole organization. When we consider FEOS 14 universal principle of administration and management, this activity will fall under what is called Esprit de Corps. Esprit de Corps, though a military language, used to signify belongingness, however, translates to strength in unity, teamwork, harmony in operation, togetherness, oneness, unity of effort, interpersonal relationship, and feasible assistance to co-workers. Now, it simply means that Esprit de Corps talks about people thinking together, working together as one. You know, in the Bible, in Genesis 11, the Bible said, the people is one. Now, that language simply means that the people lost their individual identity. Everybody is aligned towards a particular goal. Everybody is aligned together. Everybody is aligned together towards a particular goal. No one has their personal issue or their personal decision or their personal ideas or whatever. It, it, everybody is, you know, helping everybody succeed. Everybody is working for everybody, you know. Uh -huh. No one is saying, okay, I am not the leader, therefore I can't do this. Or it must be Mr. John that has to do the other one. No, everyone is working for everyone. Everyone, everyone is helping everyone. Everyone is leading everyone. Everyone is following everyone. That way, they meet the company's goal. If you have an organization where there's so much division, and then you hear people say, eh, this is not my duty, this is not my responsibility, it is this person that's supposed to do that, or the other person is supposed to do that, it means that the entire organization is not aligned together. There must be that conscious alignment that makes everyone one, not individuals in the organization. I am going to be talking about the second and the third essential building blocks. essential building block of any successful business is the product. The product is the company's output. That is what the company is offering the public. I mean, the very thing the company is offering out for sale, it could be service, it could be goods. But that very thing you are exchanging for money is your product and looking at this i will simply like to use ken blankard's review fan you know to share some thoughts with us there are important requirements for a good product beyond 
the people working there, the alignment of the people, and beyond the process, you know, that have been put in place by the people, there are three very important requirements that I would like us to look at, which we can, you know, borrow from that book, Raving Fans. Even though the book is uh, essentially a customer service-oriented book, but I think we can learn some few things. Now, one of them is decide what you want. That is, what type of product would you like to produce? What do you want to see as your product? In other words, if you are a customer and you go to a market or a store to buy that same type of product, what do you want to see? How do you want the product to look like? In terms of service, if you are a service, uh, 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 I mean, receiver per se, and someone is providing that same service, what would you like to see? So in other words, the first thing you would do for you to have a remarkable and, uh, I mean, profitable product is to decide what type of product you want to have or you want to see. Always put yourself in a position of a customer and imagine I am one and then I am going for this product. What will I want to see there? So in other words, you're going to look at what you want, what type of product you would like to you know, present to the public. Number two, let's be closer to it, is decide what the customer wants. Number one is decide what you want. Number two is decide what the customer wants. It is important for you to always have at the back of your mind that you are not the customer. You won't be the one using the product. Even if you are using it, you are not the only one that will use it. Now, people are going to invest their money to buy it. So, you have to look at what they want. I am not saying that you have to satisfy everyone. No, it's entirely very difficult to do that. But then there are basic things your customer will want for the product. Now, looking at your product, how do you think the customer will want the product to look? I'm talking about in terms of appearance, in terms of quality, in terms of quantity, in terms of content, in terms of customer satisfaction. Most times when we you know, put our products on the table, we don't try to sample the customer's opinion. If you want to have a very good, viable, time-tested and customer-attracting product, it is important you look at that very, very crucially. You look at that. You take time to look at what the customer wants because it is what the customer wants that will make the customer want it. Whatever you are providing, be it service, be it goods, you must look at what the customer wants. That means you have to sample their opinion. How will you want this to be? 
I mean, if you are going to have this, what would you, what would you want to see? You sample people's opinion. You know, they might not actually be that the customers per se, but they think customers take a life sometimes. So you 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 you, you interview people. You know, what would you like, or how would you like this product to be? Imagine you want to go and buy it in the market. What would you like to see? The people will give you their opinion. When you put the opinion together, you look at it, aggregate it, and look at you know what you think the opinion is saying that customers will want if you get at that like i said looking at the appearance the quality the content the quantity and whatever looking at it then you can bring out your product the number three is deliver plus one in other words go beyond their expectation let's say your your customers want a small, small, small product of the big one you're having. What do you do? You go, you go produce it. That is why some uh, people are still relevant in the market. I remember some years ago, pickies would be very big, big. But some other guys came, Campbell and Co. I started doing small, 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 small ones and everywhere. And pick were losing market. What did they do? They went back to do this. Although they they made it all a bit costly to make it show some level of difference, but they began to manufacture little small, small ones. So people still had to, you know. Uh, look at peak that's why today peak has successfully been able to remove all competition from the market you will do exactly that and deliver plus one make it a little more precious than the co the one competitors are bringing out and a little more pre uh, uh, better than what the customer is asking for somehow the customer wants a good environment you make it so little than with expectation when it comes and it is far beyond the expectation the, your product is is made it becomes a household name now the third essential building block is the process we are actually supposed to have looked at the process before the product but because the process bets the product and because the process, you know, looking at the process here will take quite some time. I, I, we thought we consider it last. Now, beside the studying the process, will lead us into our study proper in this strategic planning. Now, in considering the process, we will do some analysis. If one is to make a success of any business venture, he or she must do what is called input analysis before taking off. It's also advisable you make it a regular habit and a continuous process as it were. But essentially, before you begin, you must do what we call input analysis. Now, this input analysis will make you know the marketability of your product when we, when you bring it, the 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 uh, expected uh, pitfalls as it were, competition and others, you know. Now, in looking at the analysis, it could be external, it could be internal. So we are going to consider some of them, especially the very prominent ones. Now, one of them being the SWOT analysis. Now, the SWOT analysis is important here because 
it is both internal and external. We also look at the pistol or staple analysis. And we may also look at the potter's five forces. And then finally, we will look at the doctor process, which will be our working tool for this course. The SWOT analysis simply is an acronym for the strength, weakness, opportunity, and threats that any organization you know may have that is it's a laid down plan designed to find out the strength the weakness opportunities and threats involved in a project or business venture now SWOT analysis can be carried out for a product it can be carried out for an organization even for a person. A setting of business goals objectives should be done after SWOT analysis has been undertaken. This will ensure that achievable goals and objectives are set for the business ventures or enterprise. If you do this before, you know, uh, putting up your business goal, you will know those things that you can do and the things you cannot do. Otherwise, sometimes we set goals that are too big for us and eventually, once we walk into the business, we crash and walk back. So what analysis will let you know what you can do and what you cannot do, that is the truth of the matter. And that is why it is very important to do it before you begin your business. Now, I will take it one after the other. The S represents the strength. Here, the strength in SWOT analysis refers to the internal characteristics of a business or project which gives it an advantage over others. Strength here refers to the internal factors that make a business stronger. It may be a product or service that sells well or an established customer base. It may be the location of your business the loyalty or competence of workers, or a good reputation. And let me state this, please. It is important, very crucial, that you consider your strength. Look at areas where you can beat your competitor. That is your strength. Areas where you have edge over every other competition, that is your strength. Now, the weakness in SWOT analysis are the internal characteristics that places a business or project or team at a disadvantage when compared to others. Now, you will note that both strength and weakness are internal analysis. It's important as you are about to start your business to look for the internal factors that make your business weak, which need to be improved on. Weaknesses make a business not to grow the way it should grow or it has been planned. These weaknesses may include incompetent managers, high absenteeism, poor marketing, low capital, substandard products, or poor customer services. It is important that you deal with them to be able to make your product sellable. However, I will advise that sometimes 
give you give more time to your strength than your weakness because most times when handling your weakness you forget your strength and your strength goes down you must activate your strength the more bring it to the fore make it sellable make it known make it cover your weakness while you are dealing with your weakness underground to put your uh, products in a better position now the other two are opportunities and threats the both of them are of external origin that's why we say they are external analysis opportunities are elements that a project or business focuses on to its advantage opportunities are those things that could make a business stronger and more profitable that is why every businessman must open his eyes to certain level of opportunities sometimes your competitor leaves the environment and moves to another side it becomes an opportunity for you to harness his or her customers and add to yours so when such opportunity come you take advantage and make sure that you know you, you you improve on your customer base it might be that you notice that people are beginning to have a great liking for your product what do you do you produce more and even in the process get varieties so that people can have opportunities of making choices now like i said earlier the opportunities are basically those things that could just happen it's not there but it might just come and your eyes are open you see it and you take advantage of them if you do take advantage of the opportunities they will help make your business stronger now the last but not the least is the threats the threats also are elements or things or events in the environment that can destroy your business. There might be, you know, in form of an entrance of a very strong competitor. It might be uh, a situation where you lose some of your staff that, I mean, trusted hands and you needed to bring in new people. Threats are doses that could have negative effect on your business. Anything that can have negative effect in your business is a threat. And that is why it is important that you consider it. If I have this person working for me and the person has suddenly become the center of my business, supposing the person starts his own tomorrow, what happens? So you position your business in such a way that there won't be one single person that will be too important for that business to stand. It's so crucial. It's so crucial. If you don't look at that, they have a problem. If, uh, if, if uh, a new person who has probably better facilities or whatever comes into this place and, and, and begin as a competitor, how do I get through? What will I do? You must take this into you know, cognizance. You must be able to consider it. Now, so you see that before you start any particular business, before you set your business goals, it is important that you do the SWOT analysis. That is part of the process of establishing a very strong business. Now, in the next study, I'll be looking at the pistol and or the staple analysis, and at the same time, probably look at the uh, Porter's five forces. Thank you.